Welcome to the Vortex Edge podcast brought to you by firearms instructors who love training, guns, gear, and most importantly, helping shooters of all levels improve their skills and confidence with firearms. Hey everybody, so you want to shoot long range. Well, we've got just the guy here. I'm with instructor Justin Lipska, who is one of the long range guys here at Vortex Edge. And we're going to be talking a little bit about a thing called ballistics. If you are newer to the idea of long-range shooting or to the hobby, the sport, whatever you want to call it, then this is probably going to be a great episode for you. If you are more experienced and you want to know kind of more of the ins and outs and things of ballistics, we're actually going to have an upcoming episode. This one's called Ballistics for Beginners. That one's going to be called, oh, I don't know, Ballistics for Nerds. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Justin, I, I think... Like, I can remember myself, because I'm probably closer to being a beginner long-range shooter than than you are. You're definitely further along in your journey than me. But I can remember going back and thinking, like, all right, yeah, we're going to shoot some stuff, you know, far away, some targets at uh, at a match I was going to. I was being kind of thrown into the mix. <laughs> and I had no idea what all went into this. I thought, you know, well... All right, I've I've got a gun. People say it can shoot long range. I've got a scope that people say is designed for long range. Yeah. It's I I was like, do I need to go to a, get a degree in ballistics? <laughs> do I need to be a ballistician? How how do people actually figure out how to get this tiny little bullet to actually hit a steel that's not that big? A thousand yards away. It didn't make any sense, Absolutely. you know. And people would just say, "Oh, it's ballistics. You go through this, and <laughs> you know." But it always seemed like, "Is that that's accessible? Like that's easy for me? I can yeah. do that." And it's it's pretty wild, you know. Like it is. Absolutely. Like what what are they talking about when people are talking about ballistics, though? Well, like you said earlier, um, with ballistics, you can get uh, about as deep down that rabbit hole as you kind of want to. Um, but for today, we're going to kind of scratch the surface. Uh, when it comes to ballistics, um, it's a constant we can account for. Um, it's more or less just simple math. Well, mm-hmm. maybe not simple, but it's math. Um, so it's a constant we can account for. And with that, we can be very accurate at extended distances. We just need to know which variables we need to input into the ballistic algorithm. Mm-hmm. It seems like you don't need to be a ballistician, like I said, to figure it out. You can be a totally regular person off the street and things like we're going to get into, like these ballistics calculators and stuff. It's not like when you were in school and your teacher required you to go to <laughs> Office Max and get a very specific type of graphing calculator. It's something that can be an app on your phone. And uh, it seems like, Justin, really the big thing is that you can, f- you can be good at long-range shooting if you're just really persnickety about details. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yep. And, you, and you, you really don't let anything fly as, in terms of like, yeah, that's close enough. The, the best long-range shooters, it seems, they've got all the tools right there at their fingertips that really aren't all that hard to get. But the biggest thing is just being really really stingy about the details Absolutely. and the data that you're when getting when it comes to long range shooting or ballistics uh good enough isn't good enough anymore right <laughs> um uh one of our instructors kind of likes to say if you get crap in you get crap out mm-hmm. so um all of those variables um when it comes to uh you know ballistics and what we enter in that software need to be precise uh every one of those variables every one of those inputs they they mean something mm-hmm. um if you mess uh, one part of the equation up uh your solution is going to be incorrect right right so in order to obtain your ballistics for your particular gun let's just even talk about that in yeah. like first off you have to get so a specific ballistic solution. And a yeah. ballistic solution is essentially just 
the calculator figures out what the arc of your bullet going through the air at that particular time of day, at that particular location, all that looks like, and it uses that that arc that it's calculated to help you figure out where you need to point the gun in order to hit a target at a certain distance, right? Now, exactly. That's something that is completely an individual thing. Like, my ballistic solution with my gun and my ammo is probably going to be different than yours with your gun and your ammo, even if we're at the same place, same location, shooting at the same target. Even if we have the same rifle. Even if we have the same rifle and we're shooting the same ammo. Now, I have seen oftentimes where if you are using the same rifle, the same ammo, same location, all that stuff, you may be able to get close enough to hit big steel targets, you know, or something like that far away if you're using each other's data. But, But otherwise, certainly if you start... changing the rifle, changing the, the cartridge, absolutely, but the ammo that's being used, things start to get very different very quickly. It's it's an individual thing you should have for your own particular setup. Absolutely, and I would say for beginners, one uh, common thing we've come across is consistency. Uh, speaking of that ammunition aspect, mm-hmm. so we need, like you said, the exact same ammunition, uh, same manufacturer, the, the same bullet, uh, hopefully the same lot number, um, so it kind of goes across the board, same grain weight, things like that. Oh yeah. You're talking within your own sort of kit that you bring out to the range. Yep. Yeah. It, Corey talked about that in a, in a kind of how to buy long range ammo episode that we did where it's so important that you maintain the consistency there. You don't show up with your party mix full of, well, these are a <laughs> couple of, you know, round nose hunting, am, uh, hunting bullets or something like that. Yeah. Then over here, I've got a totally different brand and this is match grade stuff. And I'm just going to kind of throw them all together. It, it's it's very, very specific. And even yep. down to, again, you can go back and check out that, that episode for all the details, but down to buying in bulk the same type of ammo so you can hopefully get the same lot number so you get ammo that was produced basically on the same day, same time at that sort of mass production facility. Absolutely. Um, but when you kind of dive down into it, there's only maybe half a dozen different variables that you need to enter in the ballistic software. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said earlier, uh, all the ballistic software out there more or less asks you the exact same parameters. Sure. Um, some may ask you for a couple different things, maybe some more advanced things when you really want to be a little bit more precise at extended distances. But more or less, there's about a half a dozen different ones that doesn't matter if you use, um, you know, uh, one you download on your phone um, or uh, like a handheld um, standalone uh, type item, or uh, if you literally Google a, a website that has one of those shooters calculators on it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And they're using information that you can get basically off the box of your ammunition. Yep. Now, I know some people would say there's more specific ways to get information off of your ammunition, and that involves things like a chronograph on your rifle and stuff like that. But just for just for complete simplicity's sake, a lot of this information can be found on the box of, of your ammunition, yep. um, and certainly stuff like the grain weight of the bullet and the BC of the bullet, stuff like that. That's, yep. that's right there. Yep. The muzzle velocity is what I'm referring to when I refer to the one that might be a little different than what's on the box. The spec sheet for your rifle that you can find right on their website, whatever the website yep. is for the, the rifle that you own. And then that weather device, whether it's a individual handheld one you have right there on site or if it's uh, if it's local weather from a, from a local airport or something that you Googled or figured out, those are pretty much... It's all easily accessible stuff. Absolutely. It's not like you have to... Again, you, you don't have to be a meteorologist. You don't have to be some, you know, super, super genius person with a degree in something. 
No, it's not like 20 years ago <laughs> where yeah. it was a little bit harder to find information. Yeah. Um, everybody has access to the internet nowadays. So if it's not printed on the box, you can easily go ahead, look that up uh, based on the manufacturer's website. Right. So um, when we talk about long range ballistics, we could probably break it up into two different categories. Uh, atmospherics being something else. Yeah. Um, and then you have all the other parameters, which are uh, more constants, right? Um, such as your ammunition, your rifle, those are constant. Atmospherics can kind of change. So we could kind of break it down into those two different categories, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, they still kind of correlate into one, um, but we could probably break it down into those two. Would you say that for beginners, usually a lot of what you're going to be focusing on right away is figuring out a lot of those constants. And, I would say. And, you know, like, this is one of those one of those things where if you want to get really good, like I said, you start getting super persnickety about details and you start you start paying attention to really, really finite, small changes in things from either, from sometimes minute to minute on the range or hour to hour or day to day or location to location. You start paying attention to a lot of these things. But still, if you're a beginner and you can just start to plug in some of these really constant values, you're going to start to be, well, A, you're going to be a, a heck of a lot closer to hitting the target than you would be if you're guessing. So let's just, let's throw that out there. But you can start to... You can hit targets still. You can start to shoot and observe what's going on real time and then make adjustments as needed. Um, this is all stuff, though, that this is kind of part of the, the building process as you get a little bit better and better. You may miss some shots because of these tiny little details, usually the things that are going to be atmospheric or wind-related. You may miss some shots, but you're definitely going to be getting yourself in the neighborhood. Absolutely. And when individuals start uh, gathering all of this information, uh, I think it's important to understand the why behind it. Like, for example, why do I need to know the twist rate of my rifle? Mm -hmm. Why do I need to know the grain weight? Why do I need to know the, you know, the sight height, things like that? And then when it comes to atmospherics, um, why is altitude important? Why is temperature important? Yeah. So, and we could break that down uh, very, very simply. So, um, but when we uh, start entering it, um, things uh, they would need to know would be like sight height. Um, well, actually, we have a sheet right here that we give our students um, during the long-range pipeline. Mm -hmm. um, we have all of this information uh, written on this sheet. Uh, however, what we did was we highlighted the importance or the uh, you need to knows yeah. type of thing. And what are what are those on here? So we'll just we'll yeah. go through. We'll give a list. Um, and then we'll, I'm sure we'll break down some yeah, of these things. Absolutely. Further. So uh, these are some of the constants. Uh, so we have the twist rate of your rifle. We mm -hmm. can start with rifle first. Um, so we have the twist rate. Um, and for those of you guys who, you said we'll break them down later. Okay. Sure. So sure. we'll have the twist rate, uh, the sight height, or the height over bore. Um, then we're going to go into the muzzle velocity of that particular rifle. Mm -hmm. um, we need to know the zero range because okay. we need that baseline. And then from there, we get into the uh, projectile itself or that ammunition. So the bullet diameter, the bullet weight, um, the bullet coefficient, as well as the, uh, um, I guess, the drag model. So G1 versus G7 and things like that. Okay. Got it. Got it. And that's all stuff, too, again, that you're going to yeah, be able to absolutely. find very easily. Most, so uh, most start... manufacturers put it right on the box, like you said. Right. Yeah. You start hearing things, you're like, drag coefficient, G1, G7. Yep. But again, yeah, this, <laughs> this is stuff This is stuff that uh, that you can find still fairly easily. Um, all of this is, is essentially affecting how the bullet flies through the air. Yes. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. I mean, that's what ballistics is. It's, it's sort of the study of the guns and, and the projectiles as they fly through the air. 
Of course, then you have other even subcategories like terminal ballistics, which is what happens to the bullet as it actually impacts the target and transfers its energy into the target. <laughs> That's a whole different thing. We're talking about more of the ballistics to actually get around to a target in general. Um, but, you know, you can you can start figuring out there's the constants in that, and and they determine a lot of how the bullet's going to fly through the air, and then there's the variable things that really just kind of goof with you. I, <laughs> I liken it in a lot of ways to playing basketball in your driveway when you're a kid and if it's a totally bluebird day and there's no wind no external effects going on with the atmosphere you know you can shoot the basketball just like you normally would if you were inside and and make a shot but as soon as the wind starts blowing or something starts changing a lot you know like you might have to all right now I have to shoot way over to the right side of the of the backboard in order to like curve my shot in you know it's it starts to you you've probably done some of this even if you're just playing pass of the football or, or whatever it is you've probably actually subconsciously thought about ballistics before in your life but uh yeah no absolutely um for whatever reason uh paper airplanes came into mind too sure yeah absolutely so. um all right so Justin how about some of these things here yeah. now on your list you know, we mentioned first thing was the twist rate of your rifle. Now, that is a spec that every rifle manufacturer is going to give you. That's essentially how tight or or not tight, not tight, that, uh, <laughs> now I'm mixing words up, but the twist of the rifling within the barrel yep. is, right? Um, it's an expressed uh, in, um, I guess, let's see, uh, numbers, uh, and those numbers are going to be like 1 in 10. Um, one in eight and things like that. So it's going to be one revolution uh, for every like eight inches. Right. Or one revolution uh, that that bullet will make, all right, for every, say, 10 inches. Right, right. Something that is important to know may be different from gun to gun. There's a whole lot of detail we could go into about, you know, what's better, a tighter twist rate or a, a longer twist rate, all that stuff. I keep forgetting, what's the word for a... The opposite of t- is it a looser twist weight? That's looser. not what people call it. Uh, slower. That's slower. what they say. Yeah, faster okay. and slower. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole lot we could go into about you know pros and cons and all that stuff. Just know for now because we're talking about ballistics for beginners. It's an important thing to know. Not all rifles are going to be the same. Certainly, you know, you look at ARs for example. There's people with one in seven, one in eight, one in nine. It can be kind of all over the map. But it's something that you can find out about your setup and knowing it is going to give you that much more accurate information. Absolutely. Uh, Like you said, you can always refer to the manufacturer uh, for the twist rate. Um, A lot of times, they stamp it right on the barrel. Yep. Muzzle velocity, that's the one that I was talking about earlier, where that's that's a spec that you can get on the box of ammunition, but it's going to be just close. It'll be ballpark on the box of ammunition, but it's not going to be exact. Your gun and your particular bullet at your location, all these things can dictate what your particular muzzle velocity is going to be, and, and it's likely to be different from what's on the box. But It's a great starting point. It is. It is at least a good starting point. That's something, though, if you want to get the exact thing, that's where you'd start looking into chronographs and stuff like that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Does that does it tend to vary? Do you find if you get a muzzle velocity on your gun here in Wisconsin, Justin, that then if you go out west to, say, you know Colorado or somewhere up high in elevation... Is your muzzle velocity ever much different? Uh, it can be, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, kind of diving in the weeds a little bit when we're going to talk about uh, advanced ballistics or vi- <laughs> ballistics for nerds next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, temperature can come into play with that. Okay. So um, I would say temperature more so than, say, like elevation and things like that. 
Yeah. It will affect it, um, but temperature is going to be um, probably the number one key there. Yeah. Now, if you don't have sort of the, uh, you know, if you're, if you're already kind of maybe stretching the budget just to get a long-range rifle and the scope and all the other equipment needed, and you don't have a chronograph, and maybe there's not one around you at your range or with a buddy that you can borrow, this is stuff, too, that, you're, that doesn't mean you're entirely screwed, so to speak, on getting accurate information. You no. can still sort of deduce your muzzle velocity by starting with what's on the box and then doing some validation. We have There's videos like you can find on that. That's probably another topic for us to discuss. But again, just know that you're not uh, you're not totally hosed in that case. No, it's going to get you close enough, and then you can kind of walk it in from there. Right, right. So zero range. Some people zero at 50 yards. Some people at 100 yards. Some people at 200 yards. The distance that you're zeroed at will absolutely come into play as you begin to shoot out further and further. And that's more so just a it's important to know where you're starting from, right? Yes. Um, when we enter all of these parameters inside that ballistic software, uh, we need to know a baseline, where we're correcting from. So it's important to know where we're starting at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not necessarily like somebody with a 50-yard zero and somebody with a 200-yard zero that their bullets will fly through the air any different. No. It's just know where you're starting from. Yep, exactly. Sight height. Now, this one... This one's funny because I know a lot of people breeze over it. Or at least when I say I know a lot of people do, I can say that for a long time I did. <laughs> I look at that in the ballistic software, and a lot Excuse of times me. it'll assume something like one and a half inches. A lot of times I find that's yeah. what ballistic software is just kind, kind of, of default. It, yeah, they default to. And I was like, yeah, one and a half inches. I mean, I look at it, and I'm like eyeballing. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah. And usually it didn't cause me any significant issues but and, again like and, you it, and it won't i right. would say sight height you can be um if you were to fudge any number you could possibly fudge that one yeah and when i mean fudge i mean within the nearest quarter of an inch right for well, certain applications like you said i mean <clears throat> you put good in you get good out so if Absolutely. you start getting more exact about everything you start you start limiting the amount of sort of variance that you might be playing within sight height is simply though if i'm if i'm correctly uh, remembering this, it's the height to the center of the optic from the center of the bore of the barrel, right? Yep, exactly. So, like, firing pin straight to the center of that optic. Okay. Is that how you usually measure it? You open up the <coughs> bolt and go firing pin to... Yep, that's how I measure it. Um, a tape measure works just fine. I don't think you really need to, you know, break out calipers or a micrometer or anything like that. But if you have them, like you said, the more precise you can get, <coughs> the more accurate your solution is going to be. Cool, cool. <coughs> bullet diameter. That one's pretty... Easy to know, although it's not always. So if you're shooting a 308 versus maybe a 6.5 Creedmoor, <laughs> right? And it's not always what you'd expect because if you're shooting a 308, the bullet diameter is not exactly 308. Yeah. Right. Or say you're shooting a 300 Win Mag, the bullet diameter again is going to be 308. Oh wait, it is 308. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, my bad then. So, so it is 308. But I just know that sometimes when you look at you look at cartridges and it'll be like, you know, the the 2XYZ and you're like, "Oh, that's bullet diameter." Like, well, not exactly. That's just kind of a <laughs> number that got associated with it. It's close, but it's yeah. you got to actually look at the box to get box to get the real bullet Absolutely. diameter. Absolutely. All the 308 fans out there are are laughing at me right now, <laughs> but hey, this is the this ballistics for beginners. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, all the beginners have no idea that I just made an error. Um, okay. <laughs> bullet weight that's the grain weight of the bullet. Correct. And it may be different within a cartridge. So Absolutely. I'll go back to the 308. I'll try and resurrect myself here a little bit. <laughs> but 
You're shooting a 30 caliber bullet, and there's all kinds, especially within that particular cartridge, there's all kinds of different bullet weights that you can be shooting. You can be shooting something in the mid-hundreds as far as grain weight goes, all the way up to the 200s as far as grain weight goes. And, I mean... A lot of options in there. Tons, tons of options. And so that's another one of those things where you want to check it because if you're starting to come in, this is where we see people come in with their party mix of ammunition. And now not only is the bullet entirely different, you know, maybe it's shaped differently and, you know, it's constructed differently, but it also is a different length, a different weight. And so all that affects how it's flying through the air. Absolutely. Now, uh, for the next one, we talk about ballistics for nerds. We could talk about how twist rate can be correlated with bullet grain weight and things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you find that oftentimes the heavier bullets are better? At long range, or does it? Is it all? It depends, or it it kind of depends. I perf- personally like shooting a little heavier of a bullet grain weight. Um, normally, what you're going to get with a heavier bullet grain weight is a higher bullet coefficient. Mm-hmm. Um, weight carries momentum and things like that. Um, however, uh, a lot of competition shooters out there are shooting six millimeters and things like that, and you have a very light bullet, such as like a hundred eight grain bullet. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to play the other aspect of it and utilize uh, things like muzzle velocity, um, trajectory, and things like that. Sure. Okay. Got it. And the other thing is, too, it's it's not necessarily one of those things where you can just go out and be like, oh, well, a heavier weight bullet carries more momentum, so it'll be better. I'm just going to get the heaviest weight bullet <laughs> I can and then feed it through my gun because your gun might not like that. No. Which is no, funny. Absolutely. Guns can be picky. Yep. 100 percent uh very um i guess ammunition sensitive if you will sure so you got to find what your gun likes and it may be something a little bit lighter anyway how about bc this ballistic coefficient and bullet coefficient whatever it is that you say for bc that's that's almost even multiple topics in and of itself it seems to be uh like a hot topic and everybody's chasing high bullet coefficients these days yeah. Whether you're shooting competition or hunting, everybody wants the highest bullet coefficient. <laughs> In essence, it's how efficiently and slippery, uh, how efficiently your bullet flies through the air, how slippery it is through the air, yeah. how well it basically resists air yeah. resistance. Basically, uh, kind of like how aerodynamic, if you will, that bullet is. Yeah. Um, a lot of other things kind of go into it, but that's kind of on the basics. Right. And there's two of these drag models out there. There's the G1 and the G7. And usually when you get ammunition, like on this box of Hornady bullets over here that we have, it's going to tell us that, if I find the right spot on the box for it, well, it's going to give us the G1 and the G7, right? Yes. I believe uh, the Hornady match um, in particular does give you both. Where am I? How did I... Is it not? Oh wait, right no, there? it's right okay. on the it's oh, right okay. on the corner. <laughs> there we go. I was looking down here. Okay, yeah, the G one BC it says point five four seven, and the G seven BC it says point two seven five. Now, that I remember as a as a more beginner long range shooter, I, I was so confused by that. <laughs> like, why do you give me two different ones? G one seems better. It's point five four seven. Yeah, the G7 you always want the BC, highest number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't I want that? But I know. It seems like a lot of people nowadays are using the G7 BC, though. The G7 BC, that model, is modeled after um, 
I would say, most long-range projectiles out there. A more modern long-range bullet. Correct. So G1 and G7, isn't it essentially where the G1 model is comparing every bullet out there to some, some ideal G1 bullet? Correct. And so they're given a grade. As to like how close it is to this sort of ideal model. Yeah, and say that number or that model is, is one, for right, example. Right. And the same thing with G7 then, is that now instead of using the old sort of flat base, I believe it was bullet, now we went to the more modern looking, a little bit more streamlined speedboat looking bullet. Yeah, absolutely. And now we're comparing bullets to that particular Correct. model. And then that model becomes one. And so then if you're using a G7 BC, you're comparing it to a different model. It's just... Yeah, I would kind of stay away um, from trying to incorporate the two together. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Pick one and kind of go with it. Pick one Um, and go with it. You can, uh, distance to the target, size of the target, you can get away with uh, G1BC. But just know, um, as we said earlier, more precise you are with your information, the better your firing solution is going to be. So that's why I caveated that, though, with size of the target, distance of the target. Yeah. Do you tend to use G7 with the modern... Yep. Cartridges and projectiles that you're Absolutely. shooting. Absolutely, um, the uh, the model uh, is going to better reflect the actual flight of that bullet and things like mm-hmm. that. And it's performance, I would say. Okay, got it. <clears throat> like you said, potential for lots more topics <laughs> and conversation there, yep. but we're trying to keep it beginner level. Yep. The well, we just we talked about all the ones that you have on there highlighted on your sheet. Those are kind of the things that yeah that. Oh. A little pause there because the local <laughs> local sirens were going off. I wasn't ready for that. Uh, must be. Well, it's not noon, so hopefully everyone's all right. But <clears throat> where were we? Um, Those were the things yes. that you highlighted as being, uh, they're relatively easy to find. Yep. I would say that they are not too difficult to get right. Sometimes with the other items on here, you can get a little bit in the weeds to the point where you may actually mess up some of the information that you're and trying to input. And I would say the bullet coefficient is probably going to be one of those ones that if you don't get it right, you could possibly mess some things up. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of on the edge there. We put it in this podcast, you know, we kind of mentioned it, but at the same time, it's probably best, you know, go with what's on the box. Don't get too wrapped up for now, at yeah. least in your in your long-range career in all the different conversations revolving around BC. And, and again, you should be able to get it in that ballpark. And I mean... I've really myself never gotten super wrapped up in the whole BC thing. I just kind of take take what's on the box and I try to make it up in things that I find a little bit more easy to understand by getting those really right. And I've been able to hit targets myself, you know, out to easily out to a thousand. I've hit out targets out to twelve hundred, you know, stuff like that, and uh, and really don't find it being super limiting. Now, guys no, like Justin, no. of course, they love getting into the. <laughs> into the weeds. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> but that kind of covers uh, all the constants we can account for mm-hmm. um, for that firing solution. Um, so if you don't have ballistic software and you input all these parameters in um, to uh, maybe like an internet search engine or things like that, it can give you a firing table, right? So what I mean by firing table is at this yard uh, line, I need this uh, data or this elevation. Um, generic data is... And that's what I would call this would be generic data because you're utilizing this, your generic data off the box. And that can get you out uh, to a, a certain distance without even factoring in, say, atmospherics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The data input 
portion of this. Well, I'd say there's a there's an output that you're going to get with your ballistics calculator, which is like Justin said, you're usually going to get a table of some sort, and it's going to give you, and it can really break it down to tremendous to tremendous detail. It doesn't always have to be hundred yard increments. It could be, you know, four hundred and sixty three yards. It can tell you exactly <laughs> what you need to do. Uh, so there is there's kind of data input, output, and then there's input yet again because you input data into the calculator. It's going to spit out your solution, and you're going to find your various distances that you're shooting at, and it's going to give you a value in either MOA or MRAD that then you're going to have to take out of there and input into the optic in particular on your scope. And that's another area. So all <laughs> these all these points where you're going through input to output to input to output – that's another point where things can potentially be uh, lost in translation. It's a bit of a game of telephone, right? Yes. You need to, again, put good information into your scope that you got out of the ballistics calculator. You need to know, for example, if your ballistics calculator is set up properly with your scope. If your scope is MOA, make sure that your ballistics calc is reading out in MOA measurements. If it's MRAD, make sure your ballistics calculator is matched up in MRAD as well because you'd be significantly off <laughs> if you started dialing MOA and MRAD and, and vice versa. Um, but, you know, that's all that's all stuff not to get super wrapped up and it's, again, very simple. You can know what your scope is in just by looking at it, just by looking at the box, and then it's a simple change in the settings of your ballistics calculator to tell it to spit it out in, in that particular unit of measurement. And once you know, I mean, we've talked about this before, we talk about it all the time, if the thing tells you to dial a certain amount of mills, MRAD, for example, just don't don't make it worse for yourself and try to convert that into something else. No, just take no. it right from yep. there, <laughs> dial in those mills on your turret. Absolutely. Just use one unit of measurement. Yeah. That is uh that is a blessing when if you can finally <laughs> get your brain to think that way, it all of a sudden becomes so much easier. Um well Justin, I know like one of the big things is, you know, what we're talking about, ballistics, this is, this is quote, on paper, like a lot of people would describe things. This okay. is all on paper, right? Reality is, is a whole other thing because, you know, ballistics assumes that there's no error in the human element. Which is a big factor we have to consider. Huge factor, right? And this is where having the training, having the practice becomes so important because your ballistics, as long as you fed, let's say, let's say we assume that at least you fed it perfect information. So Absolutely. there's, there's a potential for human, the human element, the human error right off the bat is maybe you didn't feed the ballistic software, the perfect information. Uh, but let's say you did, it's going to be really hard to confirm that or or find if anything's going on in atmospherics that's messing with your bullet that you weren't aware of that you plugged into the ballistic solution. If your fundamental marksmanship aren't down, if you're not doing, you're not executing the shot properly, consistently, you know, without muscle tension, without manipulating the gun as you're pulling that trigger, all these things, Absolutely. it becomes really difficult, right? Because now when you're going out to extended distances and you're trying to validate that data that the ballistic software gave you, are you trying to validate the data in the gun or are you trying to validate the shooter mm -hmm. that's where we may run into some of those inconsistencies and those numbers don't start to jive yeah anytime you're dealing with a math equation it becomes a lot easier when there's only one variable absolutely <laughs> and if you start adding in more variables because you're manipulate you know like you're just you're not doing the shooting part right 
then it gets very complicated. Because if you miss, it's really nice. When you get to a point, I'm not even at this point yet, but I know that you know some, some of these guys here are. It's really nice when you get to a point, though, where you've broken a shot, and you're like, I did that right. So if I miss, I know it's because something was going on between me and the target. But when you don't know, when you're like, you know, somebody goes, well, hey, how'd that shot look? Where did it break? Where was the reticle when the shot broke? And you're like, uh. <laughs> now you're like, well, we can't really chalk it up to the ballistics at this point because we don't know if you just missed the target. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's tough. And when it comes to long range shooting, um, a lot of the ballistic software uh, calculators or programs out there are extremely accurate. So we always like to say, trust your data. Don't second guess your data. If all of those variables um, that you input are correct, um, there's something else in the equation that's kind of going, you know, haywire. It's not the data. So you have to trust that data. Maybe it was atmospherics. Maybe it was you as a shooter and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, So absolutely. What do you think, Justin? Is that a pretty good... Pretty good. Um, that kind of scratches the surface when it comes to the constants um, of the information that you would enter based on your rifle, optic, and then also your uh, ammunition. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, atmospherics come into play as well. Yeah. I would say atmospherics come into play probably about 500 plus yards is where it really starts making a difference. Mm-hmm. Cartridge dependent. Yes, probably, absolutely. Right? Yep, cartridge dependent. But... Yeah, that's where those come into play. That seems to be where you really get into the whole ballistics for nerds realm because, you know, it, it, it reminds me too in some ways of that old tank game that people used to play where you'd kind of just like, you know, change your little tank's turrets and you'd try and lob <laughs> a big big tank bullet over to hit the other tank on the computer, you know? And you can kind of figure out, you know, well, in the case of the gun, you can't determine like, you know, you could used to be able to determine like the power of how hard you wanted to shoot the bullet, oh, basically. Absolutely. But this yep. is fixed with yeah. a gun, you know, but you're kind of are just, you're manipulating the arc to try and arc it over and hit your target ultimately. And if you don't factor in any atmospherics whatsoever, it becomes a little bit like that game. You know, Pretty you're much. just like, basically yeah. all I need to do is know exactly what arc I need to arc the gun at or hold the gun at. And then I just like, I'm an artillery cannon at that point. I'm just going to and hit the target. But <laughs> there starts to be a, a lot going on between you and the target in, in real life. There could be four different wins. You know, absolutely. A left to right, a right to left, a left to right again, and then you know a random headwind. I mean, there could be all these different yeah. winds between you and a target. At and that's not yards. even that's getting in a whole other realm. Mm-hmm. Um, when I talk about kind of uh, atmospherics when it comes to ballistics and things like that, uh, wind I categorize as it's, it's separate entity. Oh, it's its own thing entirely. Um, I mean, yes, it can have effect um, on elevation, but that's getting in the weeds a bit. Um, I kind of focus on a couple different things, which would be temperature. Um, pressure, um, and then humidity. Those are the main ones. Uh, and then uh, specifically, I'm looking for like a density altitude, basically all of those numbers into one. Oh, okay. Well, that's stuff that's actually pretty easy to find out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. So that's stuff that you can either have a, a standalone tool like a Kestrel 4 or, uh, you know, or some sort of some sort of just whether it's an app on your phone or, or Googling whatever the weather at the local air, airport is or something like that. Absolutely. And individuals out there would be like, well, why is weather important? Well, if you think about what um, air molecules do when uh, the air heats up or cools down, those molecules are going to get either closer together or further apart, uh, less dense, more dense air, things like that. If you have more dense air, um, obviously there's more resistance on that bullet. And mm. so that's why those atmospheres kind of come into play. Okay. 
Okay, got it. Yeah, absolutely. You need to know about what the air is like that your bullet has to travel through. Because we're not in a vacuum. <laughs> it would be a lot easier if we were in a vacuum. Yeah. Maybe uh, shooting indoors on a 100-yard range all the time. <laughs> but, we do that. Uh, but there's atmospherics there, too. That is true. <laughs> Don't underestimate the atmospherics. <laughs> um, good stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, that pretty much covers, I would say, all the basic variables that one would need to know to uh, input into almost any ballistic software out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this stuff takes a while to learn. Even even the beginner level stuff, you're probably going to be taking some time while you're sitting there. It's not just kind of like slap your rifle down where all of a sudden you're going to be shooting 1,000 yards magically. <laughs> this takes some time to learn. I've made some, you know, just goofy little uh, errors here, even just explaining stuff or asking Justin questions. And I've been doing it for a little while, a few years now. And, uh, you know, I'm not nearly to the level of some of these guys I've been shooting for quite some time. So don't expect that it's going to be an instant thing. Part of the part of the whole game with long range is, is patience. It's a lot of work before the shot. It is. Um, several... Uh, classes we run, uh, we don't even fire live rounds for for quite some time in that in that day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying you're going to be here, you know, for half a day before you fire a round, but it, there is a little bit of front work involved. Right. Yeah, Justin, don't make it seem so boring. It's it's not. It's a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> it is fun. It is fun. Long range is like an analytical person's game. You know. <laughs> you know, if you want to show up, you want to run a gun, you want to just be blasting. Come for a pistol class <laughs> or or a carbine class or something like that. You know, there's still even, you know, there's ballistics involved in that, especially when, you know, the carbine and stuff. Oh, absolutely. But we talk about sight height in that class as well. <laughs> we do. We do. It's very important. So there's there's ballistics anytime that, that you're shooting a gun where the bullet's going to leave the barrel and ideally hit a target in a way that you want it to hit the target very accurately, which is every type of shooting. I can't think of a, a type of shooting where you wouldn't want the bullet to hit it exact, the, the target exactly where you're aiming. <laughs> So it's all it's all very important stuff no matter what you do. But uh, I know long range is very popular these days, and for good reason. It's super cool. Yeah, and the equipment is is really excellent too. It's it's very much attainable. Kind of a, absolutely, I would say we're probably in the the golden age of long range shooting right now. Yeah, although it only seems to keep getting better. It does. so the golden age just keeps yeah, that, that moving along with us, that which is, is kind of nice. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you can get a great setup for relatively low cost and and be out there. And thanks to all the free apps on your phone and and you know easily accessible information, you can have a lot of a lot of good info right there to start hitting shots accurately. And you can come out for a class like we have here at Vortex Edge, and you can really hone the oh I don't know I'll call it almost the kinematic side of things right the way that you interact with the gun because again that if you can yep. eliminate yourself as a variable it's huge well you can kind of correlate that to driving you true got, yep um, how you interact with the gun very similar how you interact with a car right right Hop in somebody else's car you need to adjust the seat you need to adjust the mirrors things like that maybe the steering wheel yeah same thing all those fifteen and a half year old kids who <laughs> pass the driver's test online with flying colors and then they get into a car and heaven forbid anybody's on the road with them you know it's it's it, it can be like that there's the on paper yeah. side of things and then there's the practical actually a application side of things so absolutely okay sweet so hopefully this helps some of the beginners out there figure out you know what all is incorporated into this ballistics thing with long range if you have any questions definitely let us know and uh, hit us up in the comments or on instagram 
and if you'd like to hear some other things that we talk about in Ballistics for Nerds, uh, we already alluded to a few things that we're probably going to be getting into further into atmospherics. We'll talk about the wind thing. We'll talk about, oh, I don't know, all these secondary, very interesting <laughs> items. So Really that, get down that rabbit hole. We will. Let's do it. Let's go. Uh, with that being said, we'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks. Right. Thanks, guys. That'll do it for this episode of the Vortex Edge podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening as usual. If you like what you heard, be sure to give us a like, comment, or review, depending on the platform you're listening. Got a topic you want to hear one of our pro firearms instructors give their opinion on? Be sure to drop those suggestions in the comments on the Vortex Edge YouTube or Instagram pages. That helps us cover exactly what you want to hear relating to training, guns, gear, and improving yourself as a shooter and responsible gun owner in every aspect. And hey, we can have a ton of fun along the way. That's all the better. Thanks again, everyone. See you on the next one.